Alrighty, welcome back to the Well-Rounded Wealth Podcast. We are on episode number 15, and today we are breaking down and talking about chipping away at the world we've created in our minds. Chipping away. Sorry, Pat. No, you're good. Stop chipping away at my flow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. All right. but (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Anyway. This Jack and I have been talking about this one for a while now, and we think it's it's really interesting because as we're growing up and going through this adolescent period in our lives, we start taking in a view of the world from other people's eyes and what other people are telling us. And it's not until we get later in our lives or at the end of our adolescence or young adulthoods that we really start to break down what we've been told or some people it takes longer and that's what we're talking about today is this period of self-discovery where you are going out taking what you've learned in the infant stages of your life questioning those beliefs and then reformulating beliefs and testing new things around how you want to perceive and live the remainder of your life yeah, so I think when I break it down to more simplified terms, I'm thinking when is the point where you stop just thinking what you're told to think and you start thinking for yourself? Exactly. That's a great way to put it. And I think that's a great point or, or a great platform to launch it off of in this discussion. So when do you think we start going from that transition of, hey, maybe I shouldn't be believing everything I'm told and I need to go out and discover certain things for myself. Yeah, it's it's hard to pinpoint for me when exactly that starts because I think it can start at any point in your life. For example, if you learn that you're lied to, it doesn't matter how old you are. This isn't something that develops If you were told to think a certain way and then you get presented hard evidence that the person who told you to think that way is completely wrong, for example, someone in your kindergarten class told you that one plus one is five and (laughs) you learn that one plus one is in fact two from your very young schooling, then that's when you'll start to click, oh, okay, not everything everyone tells me is right. And then, then you start breaking it down and to who do you trust? So the authority figures in our life. So you learn quickly, maybe not to always listen to your peers and classmates because one, everyone's the same age growing up together. One, they could just be wrong. Two, they could be lying to you, messing with you because we're kids. Yep. Uh, but you still definitely have a trust in those authoritative figures in your life until you learn that they're wrong. Yeah. Or have been lied to or betrayed by those type of people, which is definitely, I think, a pretty painful thing. I've definitely had moments in my life where I took someone's word as their word because I looked up to them and trusted them and realized that their word is not something that clearly means a lot to them and something that I should just take. So it's it's really interesting. I think that's been one of the biggest parts of growing up is yeah. kind of learning to think for ourselves, discover for ourselves. And especially you brought 
this idea to me, but I do want to ask you this. Isn't this kind of why we started the podcast so we can learn and discover new things for ourselves rather than just listening to what either the news or people in our lives tell us and just take it as it is? Because that's that's why I like it. Yeah, no, that's a great that's a great point. And to that point, yeah, that's another way to phrase why we started this, because I don't think that the authority authority figures and the peers that were around in our early stages that that are impressing upon us are necessarily wrong. They could just have very different views of the way the world works. But I think what if you want to call it quote, quote unquote wrong is not presenting the other options of how the world works. So yeah, great example. Why we started this podcast is because I realized and you realize, Hey, we don't have to conform to what we grew up learning. There are other ways evidenced by other people that you can do different things that you're either passionate about or interested in and still live and lead a very successful or or engaging life that way. But the people we learn from didn't necessarily do that. They stuck to what they knew and what they knew is what they impressed and shared to their kids or people they were teaching the adolescents in our or or the authority figures or peers aren't necessarily wrong but they have shared a different viewpoint and perspective on life as opposed to all the other options out there they've just shared more one point of view yeah well i'll ask this is that necessarily a bad thing because I've definitely been close in my life to doing that. There have been very few times where I've broken free from the way that I have always thought that things have worked. And a big question I ask myself is, would I have just been happier if I just continued down that path of thinking that things worked the way that they do? Because it's kind of a painful experience sometimes to have your entire worldview shattered. Yeah, to... I would not say it's a bad thing. And I don't think there is any right or wrong way to live life. There is just the way this person does and then the way this person does. And both are completely fine. But in in my opinion, it's being it's presenting people with hey, you can do this path and this is what this path looks like. Or you can do this path, and this is what this path looks like. So you have to kind of test for you, because everyone's life is different, is do I want to go down this path, or do I want to go down this path? And at a certain point, you do have to pick, because otherwise you'll just be bouncing back and forth. But it's having the options to choose the path you want to choose. Yeah, I agree with that, because... I also think it's a mentality thing of, yeah, how you see the world is how you see the world. And it's a choice, too, to choose how you see the world. A lot of picking away at the world that is in your head 
is a choice, I think, too. Because yeah. even, even though it feels like you can't really choose how you see the world and feel the world, I think you kind of can. Because oh, yeah. there's there's a perspective in my mind sometimes, and I'm going to get into nihilism a little bit because it's something I actually ponder a lot. It's definitely in my head right now as we're having this discussion, which is why I'm not my usual chirpy self. But <laughs> for those who haven't really studied this or thought about this that are listening, I imagine most people have, but the way I look at nihilism is that it kind of means that nothing matters at all. It, as a whole, it means that nothing matters. I don't matter. You don't matter. The Everything that's going on in the world doesn't matter because all that's coming is oblivion or there's also the theory that there's limitless possibilities. And if that's true, then why, does, why do our individual choices matter? Why do the things that we do matter? So and I've met nihilistic people in my life that think that way. And that's always been something that's been difficult for me because that's been kind of introduced in my life, that thought process at a later stage, I would say college, that perspective yeah. has been introduced to me. And it's extremely depressing. It's extremely draining. Imagine waking up every day thinking, what I do today doesn't matter. The people I talk today, doesn't whatever conversations doesn't matter because in the end, none of this pays off. There's no point. And we have no, there's no way to prove that that's not the case. And what kind of keeps me going, pondering that, is that we still get to choose for ourselves whether or not the things we do in our life matter. Exactly. And I think Alex Hermosi presents this in a really good way because he's he's nihilistic. But he has the perception of, hey, if nothing matters, if everything's going to explode or, or you're going to die or or whatever's going to happen, there there is a certainty at the end of life that once you're gone, you're gone and nothing past that will matter. He takes it in the way that, oh, okay, instead of looking at it as a negative and saying nothing matters, so why try anything? It's, okay, at the end of life, no one's going to care. So if no one cares, why wouldn't I just do everything I want to do now in the time that I have? And and on that point of nihilism, with everything being limitless, that's not necessarily the case for humans because we are constrained by the time we have on earth. That is our constraint of, of limits. And I would love, you know, I love learning and I talk about it all the time. I would love to learn to do everything or, or be able to, or practice everything or, or have all the knowledge in the world. But I know that's not necessarily feasible. So yeah. in, in, Unless, unless Neuralink and Elon Musk comes out and and we're all little robots and wizards. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, but taking that viewpoint and saying, okay, I don't have all the time in the world to learn all that or try everything I want. So in the time that I do have, I'm going to do what I want because that is the thing that interests me right now. 
instead of saying, okay, it doesn't matter. So why put emphasis on trying to do anything? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I would say my perspective alters a little bit into that because I actually have a big rebuttal to nihilism and the idea that nothing matters because I kind of now wake up every morning and tell myself that everything I do today does matter to me. Yeah. It matters to me. So that's, that's kind of how I look at it. It's a choice whether you want things to matter because no one else feels the things that I do or experiences the things that I experience. No one else does that. And yep. so it's my call. If I want my experiences and my relationships and my goals to matter, it's, it's really only me. That's kind of how I look at it. So even, even if nihilism is, has some accuracy to it, and we also don't even know that it does, you know, it's, it's a concept yeah. that we can't fully grasp. You can't test it. You can't do an experiment to prove if that's the case, yep. but say that is the case. I don't think that means that things don't matter for me. And it's because I made that choice. And that's definitely been a hard choice to make at times. And I also think sometimes that can be a root of depression too. That's, I think that's where the slope can come in is when you start to feel like nothing does matter, that there's no point to anything. That's kind of... When I've talked to people who've been depressed or when I've experienced phases of depression, that's kind of the gist that I get is that it just feels like nothing matters. It well, feels like there's no point. And, and uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. That, that is, I think, one of the most common answers when someone says they're depressed is because they have no point. But if you have, if there is no point to the end to your life at the end of life, if nothing, once you pass, if nothing you do actually matters, except for the select few, then why not take the advantage of the time you have now to do what interests you? Yeah. Well, part that, of that's motivation. That's, yeah. And right? that's your choice to, to why you have time now, do what you want to do because once your time is up, you won't be able to do it. And once your time is up, no one will care what you did. So why does it matter what you do now? Yeah, which is, that's a really good point. I think I'm trying to play a devil's advocate here because yeah. I do agree with you, but I know that there might even be people listening who don't and who yeah. do have that perspective of, well, it doesn't fucking matter anyways, Patrick. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> there are definitely people, I think that's definitely a perspective. And I think part of it's, a spark too, a desire to want to learn. You know, you have that spark. You want to yeah. learn things. You want to experience things. Some people, and even at points in my life, me don't have that spark, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where, that's where it just gets really dangerous. And I don't know if that's how we're chemically wired, you know, maybe you're just wired differently <laughs> in that aspect. I right? have Duralink. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you behave I'm, like you do. I don't get you sometimes. <laughs> I'm, patient one, I'm patient zero. 
Um, I, yeah, actually, I have a question for you. It's not veering too much because you you get up really early every morning still, correct? Like you're still yeah. doing your morning runs right now. Do yep. you have moments when you first wake up? Are you popping right out of bed saying, let's freaking do this? Or is there a part of you that wants to keep you in under your no. sheets and in bed? Yeah, there, 100%. I, I, and for the past few months, I've, I have not been the same amount of motivated that I had been in the past. Like I, I, I go uh-huh. through phases and it's, it's okay. This phase of, of where I'm at in life, I'm any, anytime I'm up any day, I'm doing something. And then other times I, I'm just a little lazy or a little, I feel tired or there's just that action threshold is, is not there. And yeah, to that point where you're kind of connecting back to the depression point, the act it's the action threshold. So when from my in my opinion, when people say there is no point in doing something, it is often because they see that the thing that they want to do is so far out of reach that they don't start. So a big mindset shift for me has been, okay, what can I, of the things I want to do, what can I break down to the simplest step in order to make myself start? And some days it's, it's, oh, I want to get up and go run. Other days I don't want to go run, but the first step in getting up and going to run or getting my day started is getting out of bed and taking a cold shower or brushing my teeth or just changing my clothes. So that that's that's been a big thing for me is decreasing that threshold for when I start to do something. Yeah. I my side of that is I feel the same way, so it's good to hear that you're a human as well. <laughs> Cuz sometimes when and maybe maybe some of our close friends can share this specifically with you, but I'll say in general sometimes when you hear people or know people in your life that are doing crazy, amazing things and have crazy work ethic and dedication and discipline. You're just like, oh my God, do they just, I guess they just shoot up out of bed and are just dying to do this stuff every day. That's kind of the perspective you can have. And I'm not always like that. Some days when I work out with Cole, my roommate in the morning, I am, I'm ready to go. But other days, getting out of my bed is the last thing I want to do. And I have to really push myself. And I kind of realize it's a fight. It's always a fight. Every Mm -hmm. day is a fight. Even I'm not actually this really sad, mopey guy that's the opposite of my personality, I guess, especially speaking to people who have met me and or know me. I'm definitely... Everyone says I'm really smiley and outgoing and stuff like that. And while that is a little bit naturally, it's still a fight and it's still a choice to be like that. You know, sometimes I get really down, depressed, upset. These past couple months for me alone, there's been a lot of change and it's a choice and a fight for me to be the way I am. And I definitely, it could be chemical too, you know, just with my brain levels, my serotonin and things like that, maybe 
I'm just naturally wired differently where I can do that. And I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is like, I know we say it's not great to do this, but I'm comparing myself to other people. You know, some yeah. people who are have clinical depression and need medication to treat that. And yeah. cuz there is some science to it. Some people don't have the brain chemicals that I guess give them those feelings. I think we do sometimes forget that it is, you know, we're chemically wired in a certain way too. Yeah. But I also think it's a fight. I think no matter who you are, I think it's a choice and I think it's a fight. And I do think the more I continue to get up out of bed every day and fight and choose to be happy and positive in the world that I live in, the easier it does get for me is kind of a revelation I've had. And and all of this, everything you do can be linked back to training yourself to do it through further repetition. So a book I just finished reading, Do Hard Things by Steve Magnus, he talks more in the sense of elite athletes. And elite athletes aren't just born and all of a sudden they're Olympians, right? right? They have to train over and over and over again. And it's not just the physical part, it's the mental part. So he was talking about endurance athletes. If you go out and run, try and run 10 miles, you're going to break, your, your mind is going to break before your body does because you have not experienced that pain level of running 10 miles of what your body feels like. But as you continue to increase that volume, you start to get more comfortable with how your body is feeling in that state. Elite athletes, Olympians, they have done that so much so that they are comfortable with that feeling of pain. And it's the same thing, and, and they did studies in the book, it's the same thing with your mentality. So you have to train your mind to, to be cheerful or, or want to get out of bed or be bright every day. And I, I can speak from experience for this. I used to always think of myself as someone who's super academic, super serious, tough, like always wanting to put on this persona of I have all my shit together and, and I have everything going for me that's great. But I don't. Tra full transparency, I don't. Every day I'm, I'm working at changing a little thing so that I can be more comfortable in prior uncomfortable situations. I see. I understand. Right. And and your strive to have the everything put together and you look at yourself as a serious person, does that ever make it hard to just sit back, relax, smile, crack a joke? Yeah. Having 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 that preconceived notion of, oh, I have to be someone who's who's got it all together. 100%. And that's something I've have been working on for the past year. And one of the things I, I, I tell myself and have it written on my mirror is don't take yourself too seriously. Because yeah. Oh, I it, love that, dude. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all just people. And there was a the interview with Mike Tyson and Joe Rogan. Mike Tyson goes, or, or Joe Rogan asked Mike Tyson, do you ever get this sense of Hey, you're you're Mike Tyson. You're a legend. 
so why should people should treat you differently he goes no i'm i'm who am i to say that i'm mike tyson or different he just had a different way of conducting his life it doesn't mean that you should treat someone else differently because of the way they conducted their life yeah so, it's interesting that a man who was such a champion and in his own way like a monger yeah. of a force has has gained that humility after going through all of that mike tyson interests me very much yeah. actually no the stuff he has done after his career is is very eye opening because and and such a good example because he he's been at the top he he is at the top and was at the top of his game so him being able to look down and say i i'm no one i just did this thing and everyone else thought of that as super impressive which it is because in comparison right a lot of people can't do it but his being him being being Mike Tyson does not make him better than the next person in terms of being a human being it is you you are one entity this is another entity this entity did that thing and this entity did the other thing the only difference is everyone else evaluates what Mike Tyson did higher than what Joe Schmo did in the backcountry. So it, it was yeah. it's a, just a different light in everyone's eyes. But they're still people. Yeah. It does interest me a little bit because I guess that's a could be a perspective that what he did we just equate to a higher accomplishment than other people. But at least to me, being Mike Tyson, like I put him in the same league as Michael Jordan. He okay. Mike Tyson was the top dog in the sport that he played and the activity that he did. He became at the very, very top of that game. So like, I yeah. put him in this league of champions in my head. You know, like mm -hmm. of the greats. So I and I definitely, in my perspective, that'll never change. But what I do like about the way that he lives his life is that he doesn't obviously have that entitlement anymore that because I am one of the greats and in my opinion he is of yeah of our time I should be treated a certain way and with a certain amount of respect you know because I can see some people saying I've earned that I worked really really hard my entire life to reach the oh, yeah. goals that I reached and entitlement is innate in all of us at times I've yeah. had my moments of it and so I think it's really cool that he was kind of able to bring it back and get that perspective of actually it doesn't matter who I am. It doesn't matter what I've done. I'm not entitled to anything. I think that's really, yeah. really cool. That's definitely something that I want to carry on with me forever. If I end up having becoming the next world champion boxer, which is <laughs> just high on the list of my, of my goals. That <laughs> and going to space, building a rocket right. ship. <laughs> uh, right. But, and that comes down, I tweeted this the other day, is the things that people like Mike Tyson do, we, we as 
more common humans <laughs> value mm-hmm. them in a higher level because it is it is difficult to achieve that. So something that is difficult to achieve by whatever it is, if it's difficult to get, we place a higher value on it. Right. So that's why I think it's it's comparatively to the quote unquote normal person. That's why we the the common belief is to see him in a higher light because what he did is more valuable. Right. Thus thus harder to get. Someone who's yeah. a, a mid level boxer and who only works at boxing three days a week compared to every day for three times a day, like Mike Tyson did, we don't we know that is not as difficult to do, so we place less value on it. Which right. which is interesting. Yeah, but also everyone has their own journey and their own challenges too. You know, no one's life is just that, you know? Yeah, if you're comparing boxing as the end-all be-all of whatever hierarchy we're doing right now, then yeah, sure, Mike Tyson should be placed higher on that hierarchy than some mid-level boxer. But, I mean, everyone has their own individual journey. Yeah. And thinking about kind of the perspective... Like everyone's on a different path, you know. Maybe the mid-level boxer is has a different path of family, you know. Maybe he's got a lot of family hardships. Maybe that boxer is also really focused on that and doesn't have boxing as the number one priority. You know, there there could be other things, other variables going on. And for example, maybe if the mid-level boxer is actually, you know, raising kids single father or mother and kicking ass at it working hard every day hardly the only time they get to rest is when they are sleeping that's really admirable you know yeah but if, but then in the grand scheme of everything we don't recognize that person because yeah, we, one we, we just don't it. know yeah we don't see them we don't know who that we don't know who that person is yep so i also think that's that's really interesting too and definitely when i meet people i want to try to be cognizant of that, you know, that actually it's not just reputation and the accolades that make someone respectable. You know, the most respect, the people I respect the most in my life are not famous people or, you know, super, super successful people. You know, it's the people who have their head high on their shoulders, care about their family a ton and want to make sure the people that they care about in their life are okay. I think that's admirable as hell. Yeah. It's 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 the hard work that people put in when no one sees it or no one recognizes it. Yeah. And that that you have to look at yourself and say I did that. I'm happy with doing that. And that's good enough for me. So and, and bringing it all back to like chipping away at that world we created in our mind, it, it's it's a deep topic. <laughs> I mean, because you have the choice of saying on the Mike Tyson example, Mike type, Tyson is in the 0.00001%, but he sacrificed his entire beginning of his life to do that one thing. That is all he did. That was the amount of work it took, the amount of volume it took to do that one thing. Where most people aren't willing to sacrifice the other aspects of life 
to do just one thing. If you look at the the best athletes or the best businessmen or the the most successful people in the public eye, they they dedicated their lives to doing one thing. And that was that was the only thing they cared about. Or, or not the only thing they cared about, but in relation to the other things they did, that was few and far between the most important thing in their lives. Yeah. And I say to each his own there, you know, yeah, that's, that's their journey. <laughs> you know? yep, exactly. Um, and it's their call if that's what they want their dedication to be. And we've talked about this in the past, but the reasons that that goal is for, you know, is, is it for power or is it for peace? You know, all those things. That's where, that's where that can become a much more interesting topic which that could be fun one day to kind of break down some of the most successful people, but there's no yeah. way to know that. We don't, we can't psychoanalyze people we don't know, but it would be cool yeah. if we could get an insight to people, especially some of like the top dogs and be like, Oh, what drove you? What was getting you out of bed every morning? You know, what was, yeah. what was doing that? What was your drive? Did it come from a positive or negative place? Yeah. And Drive in those drove those type of of reasons, I guess, for doing what the point zero zero one percent of people do. It, it's something. It it is something internal. So you you look at interviews with Elon Musk. He his whole reason is to improve humanity or 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 benefit the furtherance of human life. So that's mm-hmm. why he wants to build electric cars and go to space. And, and that's, that is the conviction he has created in his mind that he said, this needs to happen and I need to do it. My and, mind went to Elon too, yeah, by the way. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, he's a prime example, but you could also look at people like Mr. Beast. He's a YouTuber and he creates content. So his whole purpose is I want to make the best content. Yeah. And most entertainment for my followers. He's, I don't yeah. think he's going to change the world or, or he can change the Mars. landscape of the world. He kind of already yeah. has started to. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I'm talking more of in comparison to Elon, like he's, he's not going to send people to Mars. For that. Right. You're saying yeah. Mr. Beast long-term goal isn't the betterment of humanity and that, that that's not the focus, at least from our perspective. Yeah. But his philanthropy stuff is really cool too. Like yeah. I like he does not that he's not trying to bring happiness and joy oh, into yeah. the world. I we love his content, which is why we're talking yeah. about yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just have different convictions behind why they do what they do. Right. Yeah. So that yeah. that threshold or that starter is different. Yeah. But, and that can easily get congested. I mean, you and I, we we talk all the time and we started and it's still the goal that this is something that people can connect with and we're doing it for us. Like it's our journey to well-rounded wealth and for the people listening, yeah. we want them to be on this too and, you know, hear from them, think, like hear their thoughts and grow together. But we also talk about wanting to get more views and reaching yeah. a bigger audience and more and more content. Like it, it gets misconstrued. I don't even know if misconstrued is the right word, but it's not easy to stay on that path. You know, it's so yeah. easy, especially now that 
we've been doing this to get all caught up in that stuff. Cause you hear about that stuff all the time, you know, like that people start getting caught up in these superficial things. Like for example, like yeah. influencers with the Instagram likes and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, that's so dumb. Like it's a number. But yeah. then when, when one of our reels does well and hits a certain number, you and I freak out and get so excited, you know? So yeah. it becomes a little more relatable and it's, it's very understanding of how you can go off that path and start focusing on the wrong things. I think sometimes, you know, like we'll have a phone call and we don't always end it with, and because of all of this that we talked about, we're going to connect with more people and Im- improve our own lives and other people's lives with us and grow our community and then we hang up we you know sometimes we just talk about yep this is this is awesome this will help us this will improve our stuff and help us get more views it'll help it get bigger and then we hang up you know and in the back of our head i think we definitely still have that the goal that i said earlier there but yeah i and i heard a good quote around this it's well I'll i'll preface it with this in my belief i think happiness is peace so you are you are peaceful and content with what you have in your situation. You don't need anything more and your your needs are satisfied. Ah. Uh, I have a question for you Patrick then. Okay. Because... <laughs> well, well, hold on. Let me let okay, me finish okay. that thought first. So if happiness is peace, most humans unless you're escaping to the jungle to be a Buddhist monk and that's the life you choose, most people will not go down that path. I would mm-hmm. say that's that's another example of the 0.001%. So with that in mind, you have we don't only choose our desires, we also have to choose our suffering too. Because with achieving our desires also comes choosing what pain we have to go through to achieve that. I see. Okay. I do but like shoot. that. But what I want to say is you were earlier telling me that you want to learn something new every day. Yes. And my question is, if your definition of happiness is peace and contempt, you're, you're never going to run out of knowledge that can be attained. Yep. So how do you think you're going to reach a place where you'll just sit down and say, you know what? I've learned enough. And that's, that is the choice that I've made in my life because I, you, everyone could go to the woods as long as they know how to drink water and pick some berries and be a peaceful, (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) okay, (laughs) the the choice I made is because I just have that desire. I, I enjoy doing that more right now at least in my life i just have that hunger and desire to learn so that that brings me more joy right now and i choose to have that satisfaction of learning along with the the pain and suffering it it takes in order to acquire that knowledge okay so it's okay. not interesting yeah. Uh, and and I to refer to our our last episode, I've tried to incorporate as many peaceful moments in my life as I can. Because I'm someone who will try and learn something 
get super flustered because I'm either not learning it or someone's ahead of me or something like that. And I just have to remember, hey, it takes time to get to where you want to go. Yeah. So I, I need those moments like my breakfast where I'm just sitting outside, no phone, no nothing, and just tasting the food and hearing birds chirp and looking at a sunrise. That's it. Yeah, so. you're a competitive person by nature too, I feel like. Yeah. You, well, not I, not, not it's a downside. Like. I, I've known you forever. <laughs> you are a competitive person by nature. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you definitely are. And I mean, I have a spark of that too. Yeah. I, I, I'm more competitive in the way where once I can tell my gears turn that someone is competing with me, that's where I go game on. That's kind of how my competitive nature is. Yeah, yeah. I want. I only want to beat people when I realize they're trying to beat me. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's where that's where I think you and I are, are different. Is I'm always competing against myself. Is okay. Yeah, I just have. I don't know what it is. It's some crippling insecurity <laughs> or something like that. But I'm always. I'm. I always have this notion in my head. Oh, I can do more. Or I could do better. And I've, I'm I'm always working on that because it's not I don't think it's healthy to yeah. always criticize yourself. But I just think the capacity to do more is is there for me. So Yeah, you know, I I kind of agree and I've had that lately, especially in these last couple of months in Atlanta, just fighting and fighting and fighting to find work and work I want to be doing and it does make you it makes me restless because one I until I reach that goal I feel like I cannot stop and I remember I was talking to my dad the other weekend and he kind of told me to breathe a little bit and relax that you know we, we can only do so much and things that are out of our control are out of our control and I remember my response being yes but I'm afraid if I stop if I park the car, I won't want to leave the spot. Yeah. And then my dad said, Oh yeah, I get that. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, yep, you can't, you, that's possible for you. Walk to the gas station, get some gas and go. <laughs> it was really funny. Like my dad was kind of like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Man. See, that's, that's completely fine. You have, you, that is a choice that we, you make and we all have to make is, yeah. Some people, my, I'll give you an example. My roommate, I give him, Jack, I give him a ton of credit because mm -hmm. he is so happy with some of the simplest things and that's really all I think he needs for 95% of his life. And yeah. that's perfect. That's a perfectly okay way to live. You with pursuing acting and pursuing a different career, that's that's your choice, but you're also choosing the suffering that goes with it, which is all the time commitment and yeah. the failures of auditions and, and all and that the stress. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, not, I mean, I haven't even got a chance to go into acting yet. I'm also just trying to be in the industry. And I also realize how similar it is behind like working crew on sets behind acting. Cause it's, it is all still project work, you know, it's yeah. finding the full-time employment. If you want to actually be on, working on set that's also not just presented right there either if you if you want to be in that the entertainment world well it's 
you would you want a full time job, it would still kind of be in the in the business realm of that side. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, I was just talking. No, <laughs> no. I mean, it's it's a difficult decision everyone has to make. Is choosing choosing the goal you want to reach, but knowing that there's pain and struggle that accompanies that. And some people are comfortable with that level of risk and that level of pain to get to where they want to go. And some people aren't. And both both options are perfectly fine. Yeah. So, I've actually been debating this in my head a lot, you know, because I've been thinking about the suffering that comes with it. And I've definitely already kind of felt it just because – one, you know, I haven't been talking to people in my life I care about nearly as much and I'm busy and I'm stressed and I do question, like, is this worth it? Or should yeah. I just really try to, you know, start over, get work in a corporation where I can get a salary and benefits where I can budget myself and have a ladder to work up and well what also getting into that is really hard too i'm not saying that's just an option that's right there for me yeah <laughs> you know i'm not Go saying work. that's i'm not saying that's like <laughs> option two <laughs> but you know i have thought oh well you know because i really want to do something that i'm passionate about but i have had that thought well what if i just did something that i can get good at and even though i have no passion for it at least it's paying the bills and giving me the stability and then i can more work to live you know, you yeah. know, do I, will I be passionate about my job? No, but I do love to live. And I, I also like the simple things that thoughts cross my mind, you know, a hundred and that's same here yeah. because I, I know my goals are stupid, ridiculous sometimes. So that's, yeah. and that's the price you choose. There, there's never the perfect way to live life or the perfect decision. It's, it's, the way you choose to live your life. And that comes through knowing what choices you have. And then once you equip yourself with the options to make the decision you want, then you can make that decision. But with that decision, there are pros and cons. And the biggest thing that is kind of on that teetering plate for me is can I look back at myself 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road and say, am I going to be able to live with the decision that I didn't go for that crazy goal I had? Right. And some people are like, yeah, sure. I just want to live. And that's, yeah. com- again, completely fine. And I've heard but, too many people say, just through not people that I know personally, but I've heard too many people say that at the end of their lives they regret the things not that they did but the things that they never did do yeah and that's and i that's the fear you know because that basically that fear of having that at the end trumps the fear of failure now i think that's what keeps me going is that i know i that is scares the hell out of me Especially, yeah. especially in the hypothetical that, and uh, the David Goggins thing that he says, where his biggest fear is that you know it gets to the gates of heaven, and the, you know, the Lord at the gates 
like reads David Goggins. He accomplished this, 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 and this. And, and he goes, no, I didn't. And the Lord goes, no, you didn't. But that was what you were supposed to. That's what you could have accomplished. Yeah. That, and I, I have that thought too, you know, that I get to, I get up there and, you know, the, the Lord at the gate, even though I don't think that's how it would actually go, who knows how it actually goes, but they'd be like, oh yeah, Jack Mullen, you, you were an awesome public speaker and you loved theater and acting and you loved cinema and the technical things behind it. And you got in there and you put yourself out there and you accomplished this, this, A1, A2, A3, and you lived a full life of doing something you loved. But that's what you could have done. But instead, you decided not to pursue any of that. And you just settled at job A that you didn't care about at all. Yeah. Yes, you had your integrity and you were a good person, but you're supposed to do more. Uh, that would suck. Yeah. Yeah. That would that, that would kill me. That's I guess I'm already dead, but it would <laughs> it would kill me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That that's a scary thought. And most people don't think that long term. So the choice they make is the short term comfort one. Yeah. And I think the hardest decision in that choice is who, not what do you have to sacrifice, but who are the relationships that you have to sacrifice on the, on the way there? Oh, Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. That, <laughs> that is the hardest decision. Cause I, cause, because I know that in order to get, where you want to go you have to you can't say yes to everything yeah and you have to not necessarily hey i'm cutting you out of my life but some people will drop out of your life because of those things and yeah yeah i mean in a way I, sometimes i feel like i've already done that you know just moving so quickly yeah. Plenty of people that in my life don't even know where I am. Is something I've thought about recently. Yeah. One, because I'm just not dying to scream out what <laughs> what where what's I'm going at. on and where I'm at. So that's a part of it. But yeah, I've really thought I've really thought about that. Is that I haven't even realized I've already started to sacrifice some relationships, but I have. And. It sucks, you know, like because I, I love the people I've met in my life, and and for me, if anyone that I know or care about reached out to me, I wouldn't not, I wouldn't ignore them, you know. And then I would yeah. try to make the time to talk to them. Like, um, buddy of ours, maybe he's listening. Case Johnson reached out to me on Instagram because of the podcast. I haven't yeah. talked to Case since like middle school, maybe once in high school when he came to a football game at high school yeah. and we weren't even that close, but when he reached out to catch up and talk about the podcast, what we're up to, I made the time and that was yeah. for, I mean, not a stranger, but someone who's not very involved in my life. So I definitely will always make the time for people because I do, I value that highly, but yeah, yeah it's, it's like, it's kind of sad, man. This is a sad episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it's a happy episode, but you just the happiness you'll 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 get from achieving your your goals in that journey. I think will be so much more significant than the short bits along the way there that or the short bits of comfort. Yeah. And that, I and mean, me opinion. personally, cause I think I've definitely, I've had to have said on the podcast before that I do value the people in my life more than anything. The way I look at it is that once I go somewhere, I don't, want to leave people behind ever you know if anything i want to take them with me not that that would necessarily happen but i would want those people still be around you know always it's it's not that i want to leave people for other people that i want to leave the people in my life to accomplish goals i want to accomplish those goals but also still have those people in my life but maybe you can't always have both. Yeah. Well, I've I have a question for you on yeah. that. And based on the construct of of chipping away at our mind too is do you care about what other think of your beliefs? Of course. And if so well, why? Sorry, I didn't mean to jump yeah. in. Uh you know, it it depends on who it is first off. Okay. Other people, strangers, no, (laughs) not really, because you don't know me. But for people that do know me, less I care less about what they think of my beliefs and more so of my actions, you know, because I'll say this on my perspective on what other people believe, I don't. I don't really care that much because I prefer judging people on their character and their actions and how they treat me and other people. So that's yeah. what I want to be judged on rather than my beliefs and opinions. One thing I'll yeah. say is uh, there will definitely be some red flags in people's beliefs and opinions to me. But. Okay. For example, if someone said, like, yeah, I fully believe in nihilism and nothing matters, I'm sorry, that is, that, I don't want to be around that energy, you know? Yeah. I just don't. I don't, like, I couldn't spend time with someone who thinks that way all the time. I just can't, because that, that can bring me down to that thought, to that way of thinking, too. That's how I operate. If I spend enough time with people who think a certain way and behave a certain way, I can, I could start getting over there too if I stick around. Usually that's happened to me in my life where I've been hanging out with people where I kind of click. Maybe I shouldn't be hanging out with them. So usually I just kind of get out of it rather than just stay. But the reason I get out of it is because I I tell tell myself, if I stay, I'm going to change for the worse. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So to answer your question, I don't necessarily care about what other people think of my beliefs because you know it it is what it is the the perspective part though because i've definitely been friends with people who we've all had the same beliefs and we change and grow and that can sometimes create a divide um it just can you know 
when you look at the world a certain way and you grew up with people looking at the world a certain way and then your perspective on how you look at the world changes and so does other people and then you come back together you kind of realize oh i think differently than you and sometimes that can create conflict you know cuz cuz once you have your new world perspective where i feel comfortable in that world perspective being the right perspective so i think that's where a lot of conflict and that stuff comes up in where people get angry with each other for believing in different things is because we're caught in our own world and the way that we think of the world does give us some safety and security and if we let that blow up in our heads based on what other people believe then then we feel lost you know yeah so i think that's why there's that tension so it's interesting you say that because i've come to a point where i i have i've done so much reading over the past year that Mm -hmm. i see there are so many different ways to look at the world so many and all of them are justified if you look at the why behind why certain people live a certain way right so eastern religions are very different than western religions same thing mm-hmm. with how the way of life right and all of those ways of life can produce great results with that in mind respecting everyone for where they are in life and how they view life is very freeing because I no longer have that that notion to say, no, what, what are you doing? That's that's wrong. Why do you think that way? It's, okay, I recognize that. I recognize why you think that way. For me, that's not my belief, and I have a stronger conviction with a different way of thinking. Because beliefs are things you recognize as truths. And beliefs can always change and grow. It's, but the belief that you hold right now, which I think are then more changed into values, those will stay unless there is another belief that trumps, that trumps it, that now gives you more conviction that this is a different, that this is a better way for you to live and not necessarily better way for everyone to live. Yeah, that's great. And I definitely had that crossroad and especially in high school, especially in Catholic high school, when we started learning about (laughs) other cultures and other religions, because, because yeah, we went to Catholic high school, but you know, they did do some units on other religions too. And it kind of, it kind of broke my heart a little bit and my perspective because I started to realize that everything that we were saying, the beauty of God's grace and glory that we were being taught about was only accessible to us, to those who believed in it and followed it. And while there's a large percentage of the world that's Christian, there's a much larger percentage of the world that's not. And it kind of, that really effed with me because I didn't like the idea that only a certain group got to experience love and grace because, because that was just their religion. 
And because then I started thinking about, well, I mean, what if I was, you know, born in a whole different country that practiced a whole different religion? Would I just be screwed? Would I not have this salvation? So that thought process really screwed with me. And it almost, it put me at a crossroads because you have, you have option one, just accept that, that, you know, uh, me and my fellow Catholics slash Christians who follow the rules of the doctrine are the only ones that get the salvation or to turn away a little bit. And I, I thought yeah. those, those are my two options. And I kind of am learning that there's an option three to that. And I would say my third option is that turn away from the structure behind a core belief at least for me this is what this is what i'm trying to do right now but don't turn away your back on the message of the core faith that you've had growing up and i say yeah. that not just for me but i feel like for any faith that you practice because because now my perspective is is that you know what the more you think about it Every religion that I have learned about, other religion I've learned about, and the brief units in high school that barely covered, and my college religious studies <laughs> classes, where we, you know, got to learn and experience all these cultures. Yes, culturally they're all super different, but in the end, I'm kind of, you know, we all believe in the same things. You know, yeah. be kind to each other. There is a force of good in this world, and there is a force of evil in this world, or forces and energy. And something greater than we can comprehend, whether that's, you know, Christian, Christian God, Hindu beliefs, any, anything, we all believe there's something greater that we don't fully understand. And we also all believe to love each other and not give up on each other and to push each other up and, you know, to have each other's back and to treat each other with love and kindness. We all believe in that. And that kind of gives me a little bit of peace. So, so for me personally, I feel weird saying this on a podcast, but I'm, I've started to turn my back on my religious structure a little bit. I've, I've just, I've lost the connection I once had with it, but I want to do my best to hold on to the core faith of it all. And, and now what's helping me is that I believe that everyone I meet is a part of that in a way, no matter yeah. what their culture or their practices are. I think we really are all a part of that on that path to, to goodness overall. And that's, so that's how, that's how I'm finding my peace right now. And however it turns out, it turns out. And, and I just, I, I want to continue to live with hope. That's kind of, yeah. that's kind of my core. Um, so that's really sharing my perspective. Yeah. And that's how my perspective has probably changed the most in my life. And it's hard. And that's where, you know, and then other concepts that are dangerous, like nihilism that I talked about earlier, get introduced because, because then I was going through a phase where I wasn't entirely sure what I believed. And so that's, and that's kind of the big crossroads, you know? Yeah. I, I think it, it's really great that you said that and i mean hearing you say that is is pretty refreshing i think for everyone 
because so many beliefs or religious constructs have gotten so construed over the years that fundamentally all religions stand for the same thing. Like at the, at the, the core value, if you look at the Bible compared to the Torah, compared to more uh, Asian culture religions or religious beliefs, they, they all want that same thing. It's just the rules of implementation around getting there are very different. And I think that's where Catholicism got too stringent is there's left and right. There's rules. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. The religion became more of a fear thing for me than a, than a hope and faith core for me. And so that's how I felt personally. You answered one of the questions I had for you is, is, is is there a guiding belief in your life that grounds you even when things go wrong or get rough? And yeah, and, yeah, I kind of answered it, and that's yeah, that's it. It's just that you know, I I believe integrity is my personal most important thing we have, and the way I treat others is the most important value to me as well. And I I just believe in forces for good and forces for evil and forces for love. I believe in love. I, I still do. So, and I think it's important to treat you hope everyone with kindness every day. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, that's the core belief I try to, I try to hold on to is that, is that love is still very real. And I believe it's the most powerful force in this world. That is something I definitely, I definitely believe. So that's what I hold on to. What about you, my friend? In terms of what, your core belief that really you hold and that always grounds you. I think that there is always going to be, for me at least, something that I want to do or want to pursue. And the thing that grounds me in that is that at the end of the day, if I can look back at myself and say, I did this because I believed it according to the values that I have and the vision I have for the life I want to live, I'm willing to do that thing despite what other people think in order to have peace at myself in 80 years or whenever I'm on my deathbed. Yeah. Because that is my greatest fear is getting to the end and seeing the almost the description you described of standing at the gates of heaven saying this is the life you could have had if but this is where you are i feel like that would be such a crushing thing for me that 
the that the weight I would have to bear to get there is greater than the weight that would fall on me if I did not get there and realize that's where I could have been. But along the way is sticking to the values, is doing it in the way that I'm still living according to my values. Yeah. So. It's funny the analogy is gates of heaven because that sounds like a living hell. <laughs> you know, the, the whole point of it all. <laughs> like, that sounds like the hell for me is just getting told that news and just like, yep, that's it. You're done. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> that, that would be. That'd be, that'd be awful, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But. All right. Well, um, dude, it's been over an hour. Yeah. <laughs> should we? Yeah. This should we start good. to wrap this up? Yeah, this has been a good episode. So I think there's a lot of good points in here that have made me realize stuff. And I think a lot of people can take value from. So. Yeah. This one, I actually, if you're listening and you've, either resonated with some of the stuff said or disagreed. I would love to hear from some of you guys on this because yeah. I would I would love to have conversations like this with people because it's definitely these are hard things to talk about. This was not an easy episode for me to do. Or yeah. I'm gonna cut it out, but there were a couple times that I had to take a beat. <laughs> I said I just need I just need to stop for a second, Patrick, and you did the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for sticking around if you guys made it this far <laughs> in such a deep conversation. Um, but, yeah. What are what are updates for our listening friends, Patrick? Um, still got the Q&A now. Still on all social media platforms. So, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. I think we're going to be focusing a lot more on, on YouTube and Instagram and continuing with the, the Twitter post. I think a lot of people have liked those and picked up yeah. some steam. So, and obviously, wherever you're listening from, like Spotify yeah. or Apple, will definitely still be on. But we're yeah. it's kind of automatic on our end for that stuff. Um, yep. The Instagram and YouTube and stuff we have to very much keep up with. Yeah. Still, still going every other week, but we are working on better production quality. So yes. Yeah. We got the new this, mics. Yeah. I'm mics. hyped about these. <laughs> <laughs> so for any nerds out there or audio nerds, I should say, yeah, these are like the, the sure company is what you'll see. Most people who have their podcasting careers using. So I'm super excited about this. I'm so excited to hear how this episode sounds. So yeah, that was a little gift from Patrick. So thank you very much. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and yeah, the you. video should be a little <laughs> higher quality too, actually. So this should be 1080p for any nerds that know what that means, like myself. Um, and the previous <laughs> episodes were 780, so like a lower HD quality. Um, so yeah, um, we're excited to do another episode. This was 15, dude. What an accomplishment. I'm, so, I'm, I'm happy about it. It's come a long way. And we're going to um, keep going. And we have... We're still working on when we want to go weekly, but also for 2024, we're, yes, we are thinking that far in advance, so yeah. we're not going away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are looking at lining up some guests after we solidify this new system that we're using and all these new mics and all the tech, so we're pretty excited for that. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, y'all, thank you so much for listening to us and following along with our 
crazy, ridiculous journey and our crazy, ridiculous goals. Uh, but yeah, as usual, if you guys have been enjoying the podcast, please feel free to share it wherever, wherever you're listening from. Feel free to follow it. Feel free to leave a five-star rating. If you feel so inclined, it really does help us. And it has helped us. Thank you guys so much for doing it because you guys have done it and it does help us a lot. So thank you guys so much. We love you to death. Yep. Alrighty. Good work, John. Always great listening to what's going on in that head of yours. <laughs> and I hope everyone else enjoys. I know. But, yeah, we'll see. I'm going to get some right. phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. And we will see you on the next one. All right. See you all.